0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: A swing and a long drive. Left center, left center field. Way back to the track.
2: Hot Stove League Show is presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
3: Got it. A complete game, five nothing shutout for Adam Weaver.
2: Now, Mike claiborne and Chris Raby and the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
4: And welcome back to another edition of the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Emmerin, Chris Ravey, and Mike Claiborne with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network Winter Warm-Up in the books, another successful weekend, along with the baseball writers' dinner, Cardinals' caravan, and lots and lots of money raised for various causes, including Cardinals' care. And now, Mike Claiborne, we are less than a month from pitchers and catchers reporting in Florida and only five weeks away from games with the first game on February 25th. Man, it's getting
1: closer. And there's just still a lot of things that are out there, though, Chris. I mean, when you think about all the players that are trying to find deals, the minor league deals that are being signed, uh, a lot of teams are still trying to fill out their rosters. Uh, A lot of work still at hand. Uh, And I guess after today with the Hall of Fame announcement, uh, now everybody's going to really zero in on, on putting teams together, not that the general managers haven't been doing that. But I think that will be a basic topic of discussion from this point on.
4: Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about that coming up. Mike Shannon will join us in a moment. We'll also visit with a ton of guys. From the winter warm-up, we'll hear from Bob Gibson and Tim McCarver at the Baseball Writers' Dinner. What an event that was, so plenty to get to. Before we welcome Mike Shannon into the conversation, Clibs, let me get your thoughts. We get the announcement that Jeff Bagwell, Tim Raines, and also Pudge Rodriguez are headed to the Hall. Your initial thoughts on the class of three, another year the writers have elected more than a couple of guys.
1: Well, I think as a writer, to me, I think this is the hardest job that they have. Uh, And with that comes, you know, compliment and criticism. I don't really have a problem with with certainly Reigns deserved to be in. Bagwell, you know, there's going to be that cloud over his head, but I think people have to take into account, and this also applies to Rodriguez, both of those guys came into the game with very high credentials. I think the question would be is the fact that they lasted so long and, and maybe the fact that they may they may have been accused of having an additive to prolong their career is the subject that will come at hand. It's almost like when you look at a, a Bonds. Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he was accused of being on, on the juice. And Bagwell was the same sort of guy along with Rodriguez. But I think it's a hard job, and I think every year, for every year, they, they take the obvious, they also kick it. When it comes to taking in people who probably should have been in well before now.
4: Yeah, Lee Smith, one of those guys, 34.2% of the vote. And again, maybe just. Let me run this one by. Yeah, sure. Let me run this one. What about Edgar Martinez? Yeah, he should be in. I I mean, honestly, if you look at it, Bonds and Clemens should both probably be in. Again, I know all of the, like you said, the clouds that hang above their heads, but. Those guys are Hall of Famers based on their numbers. If they were in right now, it would be more votes spread around to other guys. Uh, Edgar as well. Well, And and you know what, Chris? Again,
1: and I'm not advocating that either one of them be in, but I thought their credentials gave them Hall of Fame status before the accusations started to come about. Now, with, with Martinez, I know the easy answer is, well, he was just a DH. Well, he's got a uniform on. You put relief pitchers in, you put starting pitchers in, you put hitters in. I mean, think about this. When you look at some of the guys who go in the Hall of Fame as far as everyday players, most of them are going in because they were good defenders, okay? They could hit the ball. And I don't know anybody who hit it better than Martinez. Then that's all he did. But I think the better indicator is how many guys are actually good enough to be DHS, sole DHS. We see guys at the end of the trail trying try and do it and it doesn't work. We see big, overweight guys who can't play anywhere else, and they try and get them to do it. And it doesn't work. But Martinez was a bona fide hitter, and I think that's what separates him from that category and also puts him in a Hall of Fame category.
4: Yeah, you mentioned bona fide hitters. Unfortunately, zero votes for Matt Stairs. But we've got a lot to get to tonight, and uh, let's get the conversation rolling. Pleasure to kick off the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Amron with the voice of the Cardinals, Mike Shannon. Mike, how are you?
3: Well, I'm doing fine, and uh, we're coming up on spring training. We've had the winter warm-ups, and uh, everything's heating up towards baseball.
1: Well, Mike, let's talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame announcement uh, that took place a little while ago, and that includes new members, Jeff Bagwell, Tim Raines, and Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez. Now, we saw a great deal of Bagwell and Tim Raines. Uh, Rodriguez, I didn't see a great deal of, but... He came into the league with some very high expectations, so uh, I guess he lived up to them. But give me your thoughts on the two guys you saw in Reigns and Bagwell.
3: Well, first of all, congratulations to all three and uh, uh, very deserving. We the thing that bothers me is, uh, what, whatever happened to Lee Smith, and, and why has not he be? Why is he not into the Hall of Fame? I think Lee Smith has been one of the premier guys that I've seen through my uh, time in baseball, and yet. Uh, he never gets to mention. He never even is close around. And, uh, you know, I think there's a serious uh, look that needs to be uh, addressed as far as those believers are concerned.
1: Well, you know what, Mike, to, to take it one step further, you and I and, and there have been some other people that have championed his cause over the last few years. And every writer I talk to says, yeah, he should be in, but they don't vote for him. And I don't understand what, what's going on, and I don't want to take anything away from the other relievers that have gone in or the guys who were on the cusp. But, you know, Lee Smith kind of wrote the book on not only being a fireman, where he could come in in the seventh or the eighth inning, but he also was an outstanding closer on some very
4: bad teams.
3: And uh, he uh, got along with the press extremely well. So it is a mystery, there's no doubt.
4: Mike, how about Jeff Bagwell? Obviously, the Astros sharing the division with the Cardinals for so long. What did uh, you think of when you saw Jeff Bagwell? When you think about him now, what kind of player he was as he gets ready to head to Cooperstown?
3: Well, uh, both of those guys uh, fed off of one another down in uh, Houston. Uh, Their second baseman was already into the Hall of Fame, and then Bagwell. uh, They were a heck of a one-two punch, and uh, uh, when you have that kind of – a fellow alongside you, I think it really wears off and it really gives you some impetus to, uh, to produce a little better. So I'm really happy for What about uh,
1: Tim uh, Raines? Yeah. I'm Tim Raines is a guy you saw in Montreal and you yeah. think about Dawson and Valentine and all those guys, Mike, he kind of got overlooked from time to time. I thought.
3: Yeah, he did because of those guys, but it, once again, uh, he was very instrumental in, uh, and, and those clubs that they had up there and, and those, uh, teams and also those players okay if you'll note that uh, uh when you we talk about the hall of famers normally there's another person on the team or that's very associated with that player that that they they move together and uh, they wind up in the hall of fame
4: mike shannon with us on the cardinals hot stove league show presented by Ameren and the st louis cardinals radio network we're going to hear a lot from the winter warm-up tonight, and also the baseball writers' dinner. Mike, what was it like to get everyone together, honor that '67 team, and, and put together a heck of an evening at uh, the Union Station Hotel downtown?
3: Well, uh, it was a very, very nice. Uh, the, the turnout was phenomenal. There was uh, almost a thousand people there. Nine hundred eighty people, I think. Uh, we uh, at the Writers' Center, and we have to take our hat off to uh, Rick Humble because he's the guy that's uh, really behind that. And, uh, he's done such a great job over the years, and our congratulations to Rick. But it, it's always nice to visit with guys like uh, uh, Tim McCarver and Bob Gibson and, and the rest of the guys. It was, it was very, very nice to see the other Hall of Famer there in Orlando Cepeda and again, you look at the <laughs> you look at the teams that go down in history, and you'll see Hall of Famers there. And of course, that '67 team had uh, three Hall of Famers on it, and then had great support. Okay, and, but when you look where that team came from, I think they were like sixth in the league the year before, and then came back and became world champions. So that's an unbelievable uh, feather in the cap of uh, two guys. Number one, Stan Musial was the general manager, and Red Channing's the manager.
1: You know, I thought you were going to tell the story about Cepeda getting pinch hit for during the course of the weekend somewhere along the way.
3: <laughs> well, I guarantee it's the only time that he was ever pinch hit for. And uh, <coughs> there's one one Hall of Famer uh, pinch hitting for another. But I was on deck and uh, they blocked him and said, tell Charlie that I'm going to pinch hit for him. I said, you go tell him. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> uh, I do remember that. And then, uh, you know, we were... We were like 10 games out in front. It wasn't really a, it was a Monday night uh, baseball game. And of course, uh, Brock got a double or a triple, and we won the ball game. We got into the clubhouse. Uh, everybody thought that maybe Cepeda had torn the clubhouse up, but uh, it wasn't the case. He was as happy as could be that we won the game. and uh, That's really a, a feather in the cap to uh, not only uh, Orlando Cepeda, but to that uh, the team. That's, they were a team, T-E-A-M.
4: Mike Shannon with us on the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Ameren after a great weekend at the winter warmup. And the baseball writers' dinner as well. Mike, we're going to hear from Adam Wainwright coming up a little bit later talking about the pitching staff, but there was some news over the weekend. Adam Wainwright, not just the player, but the person after Saturday at the winter warm-up was canceled, he announced that he was going to donate 50% of the profits from his event on Monday night to benefit Cardinals care. It just goes to show the kind of guy that he is, Matt Holliday with his final Homers for Health dinner, and he's going to continue to hit home runs to benefit homers for health. A weekend like this really makes you appreciate the people that make up this organization, not just the baseball players.
3: You, you are correct, 100%. And holidays meant so much to those kids over there. And and I'm not talking about the money that he puts into them, but I'm talking about the friendship that he afforded those people, okay? And not only the youngsters, but also uh, their families along the way. It was a personal thing for him, and it's a – uh, you just can't say enough about he and his wife and what they've done for those youngsters over there. And I, uh, I think uh, Adam Wainwright has taken the ball from there, and uh, he'll take over from
5: there.
1: Something about uh, uh, this this Cardinal organization, the, the, the tradition that started before you got here and, and continues uh, from one person to another. It just seems like it never stops as far as the goodness that we we've, we've been fortunate enough to have in this organization for such a long time
3: and really the entire uh, city, the way these people respond to charities here in the, the St. Louis area. is just phenomenal. It's been phenomenal for, uh, the last uh, 20 or 30 years. But when, and, and, you know, Mike, you're involved in uh, many of those yourself. Well, uh, just take the golf uh, tournaments that we have on Mondays in this, in this city and to all those charities and the money that go to it. Uh, all of the people that pitched in for Cardinals Care, and I've seen those monies go to those organizations and help those kids through the years. It's, it's not the big organizations. It's the little uh, uh, five and dime out there, so to speak, and they say, hey, uh, you can help this or build this field here or do this or do that. Uh, Cardinals Care has really been something.
4: Well, Mike Shannon, appreciate the time. And less than a month until pitchers and catchers report, it's almost time to make sure that the fields are still there, the grass is still green, and all the pins are in the greens on the golf courses. So can't wait to get down to Florida, and we'll talk with you soon. Appreciate the time.
3: My pleasure, Now I'll let you know about all
4: that stuff very <laughs> Thank you, Mike. We'll take a break and come back with more. We're going to head over to the winter warm-up. Mike Leek will be our first guest here on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by Ameren. Ben Boyd's our executive producer. Chris Raby alongside Mike Claiborne. Back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by Ameren. Chris Raby with you as we continue on a Wednesday evening and continue some of the great coverage from this past weekend at Winter to warm up. Catch a game in Hall of Fame style in the new Red Jacket Club. This new all-inclusive area is designed to commemorate the Cardinals' iconic Hall of Famers and features an upscale buffet and full-service bar. Tickets start at just $75 and are on sale now at cardinals.com slash club. Let's head back to the warm-up and, along with Tom Ackerman and Charlie Brennan, Cardinals pitcher Mike Leek.
6: It's good to see all the, all the avid fans and, and ready for the excitement to come soon.
0: I bet it's. Uh, are you itching to get down? Are you ready to go?
6: Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, it's it's nice to have a have a longer off season, um, but hopefully we have some shorter ones here to come.
0: How was your off season? What'd you do this off season?
6: I've uh, just been kind of wedding wedding mode and relaxing <laughs> and kind of re- recouping from from the last few years. So now now getting ready for spring and ready to turn it on.
0: Mike, you are uh, a terrific athlete. So handling the bat, I'm sure you take a lot of pride in it. How uh, has that been for you? How was last year for you from that standpoint?
6: Uh, I mean, every year I don't hit 300. I'm frustrated. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, I mean, I I know it's a long shot for a pitcher just because the time that you put in is more for pitching than it is for hitting. But um, it's definitely frustrating when you're not not playing to your, your abilities that you'd like to.
0: And then when it comes to the mound, you know, your numbers weren't where you wanted them to be. And I know that there were some disappointing times. Those that are quick to defend you will say the Cardinals defense wasn't great either. And you are a ground ball pitcher. How do you look at that 2016 season?
6: Uh, I mean, it, I think it was just kind of, uh, I take it more as a learning experience. Um, not, it's not necessarily just the infield. I mean, it's also me not not allowing the hitters to find holes and um, and weaker contact. So I mean, it's it's not finger pointing or, or anything like that. It's 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 kind of a whole team thing that got us to where we got.
0: And it really is a great group. I mean, that is a rotation. Yeah. You guys could have a lot of fun this year. Oh yeah. I mean,
6: I've been fortunate enough to be on some pretty good with. Be with some pretty good pitchers uh, throughout my career, and and here it's it it could be the best best group of guys that I've I've actually had as a whole, Um, and it'll be fun to, like you said, to to experience these next few years with these guys.
7: What's your reaction to uh, Dexter Fowler joining the club?
6: Uh, I mean, I, I I'm excited about it. I mean, he's an athletic outfielder that that gets on base for us and. And you want to face him? Excited. Them. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to face him anymore. And um, I mean, I know last year he hit a big stride in getting better with his hitting. So I mean, it, it's 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 nice to see him on our team.
0: I don't want to give a scouting report to any teams listening to us right now, but what is he like to face as a hitter?
6: Uh, I mean, he's 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 an aggressive aggressive hitter. I mean, he's ready to hit now. Um, he uh, he's a guy that you can't really come in as much unless you're gonna go in with some attitude or conviction, and it's uh, it's fun to see him get better over the last six seven years that he's been in the league.
7: So between now and the start of uh, spring training, what do you have to accomplish? Anything on the on the to-do list? Uh, tidy up, tidy
6: up all my all my mechanics and, and all the little things, just fine-tune kind of. I'm more hitting, I'm in the acoustic booth right now and just trying to play with the knobs and, and get it more to where it's the best sounding instrument.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. That's good. I haven't heard that, actually. In the acoustic I haven't either booth. until I just said it. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Are you a musical guy? Uh, I enjoy music, but n- I wish I could play an instrument. Now, you're like, what, what's, uh, what do you listen to? I, I grew up listening to hard rock and Metallica, but I've... I've evolved into kind of, I listen to everything. I should know this.
0: What is your walk-up song? I couldn't tell you, honestly. I, mean, I actually I, don't know your walk-up song. I, I it's going to have to be
7: Metallica from now
0: on. <laughs> I might have to switch to something. We'll see metallic. if
7: 46,000 and Bush appreciate that. I think they might.
0: Now, your old teammate Bronson Arroyo used to get after it on the guitar, right?
6: Yeah, he he enjoys playing. He, he, he blames it on carpal Tunnel that he doesn't play enough, but <laughs> it's... Uh, he he likes his voice more than his guitar skills.
0: <laughs> That's well, yeah, I've, I've heard that too, Mike. Uh, how about being a dad in this off season? How much does that sort of embolden you as a ball ballplayer?
6: I think it, it, being a father actually helps tremendously. I mean, it helps you mature and helps you grow and learn. Um, so I think my kids have actually kind of helped me the last couple of years. Just just maturing with the small uh, patient times in, in baseball.
4: Make your plans to head south this winter for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball. You can see Mike Leak there. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. When we return, Cardinals second baseman Colton Wong. A lot going into his offseason. He talks it over with Mike Claiborne next on the Cardinals Hot Stove League show, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. We're back having fun in the first hour of the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Amer and Mike Claiborne. Back with us in just a minute. He'll be joined by Colton Wong. The 2017 Cardinals calendar celebrates the franchise's 125th anniversary and is on sale now throughout the St. Louis metro area, including Bush Stadium, Cardinals Clubhouse Mall Stores, QT, and area grocery stores, or by calling 345-9000. Let's hand it back over to Mike Claiborne with the Cardinals' second baseman. You're from Hawaii, man. We just dealt with a, an ice
8: storm. I tell you what, man. Being in St. Louis has definitely changed my perspective on what it's like to be cold. You know, growing up in Hawaii, you don't ever experience this. But, man, I tell you, what, I, I've enjoyed my time here in St. Louis. It's been fun. I got to see the Winter Classic. Uh, I got to experience some snowfall and uh, just become a resident of St. Louis for a little bit. It's been, it's been fun.
1: Yeah, you've made your home here in the off season, and I know you're working out with a lot of other players. Uh, what's that like for you in the off season to be actually able to work with guys you play with and go to battle with every day?
8: It's been good. You know, you you got to have those guys to push you to make you better, and you know to challenge you, and that's what that's what we got. You know, right here we got some guys who, you know, we're all working for the same cause. We're all trying to get better, and you know that's that's just been the main thing is you know we're pushing each other. Trying to mentally get each other stronger and uh, doing what we got to do to get ready for the season.
1: Every guy wants to work on things in the offseason to be ready for the season. What were your priorities for this offseason?
8: For me, it was getting back to becoming more athletic. Uh, just really, you know, my workouts are really tailored about the explosiveness and, you know, my quickness. did a lot of my sprint work, but mostly it's been my, my hitting. You know, I worked at Maverick. You know a little bit here and there about you know our hitting and trying to become more compact in my swing, and you know more direct instead of trying to create so much power. I just rather you know work on my line drive. So we've been really shortening everything down, and trying to become more just I guess complete and uh, you know trying to take away that erratic swing. You know one of the things I, I see a lot
1: of guys when they're young, they want to be stronger, they want to get bigger, but after a while you have to still maintain the athletic skill set. That got you to the big league. Were you in that transition phase?
8: Absolutely. You know, I think that's a good thing about the big league is, you know, it'll wake you up real quick and what kind of player you need to be. And, uh, you know, when I was, these past couple years hasn't been, you know, years I expected I was going to have, but it definitely showed me that, you know, there are some changes that need to be made. And, you know, I had to look myself in the mirror and realize that these changes had to be done.
1: You went through a lot last year. I mean, between Memphis and playing a number of different positions. Uh, you almost got killed in Chicago playing out outfield. Uh, what did you come away with most that's going to make you a better player for 17?
8: Man, it, it just literally lit a fire into me that's, I mean, I've never been more excited or more hungry to play than I am this year. Uh, just, you know, after last year and knowing that, you know, the year before I had a really good year, really good year transitioning, becoming better, you know, and last year was just, you know, a big downfall. And it kind of teaches you how to become a man and realize that, You know, if if I want to continue to play this game at the highest level and continue to play here, i got to figure things out. And I had to look myself in the mirror and tell myself that, you know, it's time to make some changes, you know, with my swing and, you know, with the kind of player I need to be and understand that, you know, me going up and just hoping for home runs or hoping to become this extraordinary player, you know, that's got to stop. It's time for me to really become the player I need to be and know who I am. But
1: also still learn how to have fun playing this game.
8: Exactly. That's the biggest thing. Last year towards the end, I started really – understanding how to have fun and you know I had some success while I was having fun last year. So I know that you know that's definitely gonna be a lot is doing that and uh you know moving on from there and just keeping the fun, man, keeping the fun and keeping the athleticism.
1: Well you know what? Um I know you're getting out of here fairly soon because the warm weather is calling for cold war like it is everybody else.
8: <laughs> Absolutely. I told my wife, you know, it's time for us to go so we'll be leaving in a couple days to head down to uh to Jupiter. We got our house there and you know we're excited to head down there. Is she from St. Louis? No, she's from Ohio. Okay, so they know
1: about cold weather there, too. So you didn't go like, baby, I love you, but I'm going to Florida if you want to join
8: me. So you got her to agree. Absolutely. It was either one or the other. She was, com- she was coming or she was staying, but I was gone. You were gone. <laughs> Colton, it's good to see you, man.
1: Uh, we'll see you down in Florida very soon, and let's look forward to having a fun season. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike.
4: Visit the official online shop of the Cardinals. Maybe get a Colton Wong jersey at cardinals.com shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source, cardinals.com slash shop. From one player with some questions around him into this season – to another, Tom Ackerman with Michael Walker. How do you see yourself heading into Jupiter?
9: Uh, myself. Uh, you know, I feel strong. I feel good. I feel ready to go. I, my arm's feeling great. Uh, body's feeling good, and so, you know, I'm excited about getting down there and getting started back up again. We
0: have a lot of great weapons in that pitching staff.
9: Oh, uh, so many. It's gonna be great having Lance uh, back in our staff, and uh, you know, with Wayno just uh, doing what he does. You know, leading us uh, up there at the top. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a good good staff and, you know, looking forward to it.
0: That guy, Lance Lynn, very smart, very sharp, quick-witted, and an intense competitor. Like, if you have a game where things are starting to get a little out of hand, maybe, Lance Lynn will kind of bring it all back to order.
9: He does. Uh, you know, he. Uh, I think he gets better as he goes throughout the game. He uh, He's an extreme competitor, like you were saying. He, uh, he hates losing, and... Hates giving up hits, hates giving up, you know, runs, and he doesn't really do that very often. But uh, whenever he does, he, he doesn't like it very much. But he, I love watching him go out there and compete. You know, I've, I learned so much from from him and the way he goes about his business. And uh, uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he, I'm looking forward to him coming back this next year and uh, you know, pitching alongside him.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing you coming back. What about uh, Alex Reyes? What are your impressions of him?
9: Oh my God doesn't seem like anything phases that guy uh... you know he pitching some big time games for us last year and you know just came through and you know provided exactly what we needed from him and uh... you know I, just looking forward to you know seeing seeing him mature and uh... you know continue to you know learn more about himself you know he's a he's a young guy that just has an extremely amount of talent you know he's a he's a stud and you know looking forward to seeing him this next year out there
0: michael i know it can't be easy to watch your team play but this is a always a good time of year isn't it just with the opportunity and the hope that's ahead
9: oh yeah this is like i was saying it's an exciting time here you know just a few weeks out from spring training you know getting down there seeing all the guys again and uh you know it seems like this winter warm-up just kind of serves as uh you know just just a little bit of hope you know getting a Getting a little bit more antsy uh, right before spring training.
4: Stephen Piscotty with us next on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We're back with more from the winter warm-up on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. Chris Rabbi with you, and we hand it back over to Mike Claiborne. He's with Cardinals outfielder Stephen Piscotty.
1: It's nice to see you, sir. How's your off-season going?
10: It's been going good. It was, uh You didn't was get married or anything no, like I that. Get a lot married. of guys run off and do that. I was at a couple of weddings, a couple of bachelor parties, so you didn't good. get inspired by that or anything? <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> one day. Um, good man. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was pretty busy. You know, I have been traveling around. I went to Greg's wedding which was a lot of fun. I saw a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of the guys there and so that was that was pretty awesome. But um yeah, it's been it's been good. The baseball and all that training's gone really well, so Uh, It's just been a great offseason.
1: What did you try and do from a training standpoint this year? I mean, you had your first full season under your belt. I mentioned this to Colton earlier that, you know, guys go off and want to get bigger and stronger. Sometimes that's not necessarily the case. But for you, how did you approach it?
10: Well, I kind of heard, I guess, the call from from the Cardinals that they want to get a little bit more athletic, uh, a little faster little bit better defensively and so I really wanted to do my part and uh, so I really focused on on getting more explosive quicker in the outfield Um, and kind of actually messing around with the football, both for throwing to get kind of some timing and some rhythm, and then also uh, kind of running down um, passes and doing quick cuts and stuff that I think may be uh, useful in the outfield.
1: You know, you wouldn't be the first guy that used the football as far as developing his baseball skills. Out. That was something that was pretty common maybe 20, 25 years ago because a lot of ball clubs would share a football facility, share the stadium with the pro football team, and they get the football out, and all of a sudden you had guys who were out throwing and cannons, uh, and a lot of guys develop their arm strength and their accuracy
10: by throwing a football. Yeah, it's. I just kind of picked it up uh, when I went on a fishing trip early in the offseason. Like, man, this feels good on my arm right now. And uh, I remember last offseason when I picked up the baseball, I just kind of felt uh, didn't feel clean coming out of my hand. I, I didn't feel like I had any good rhythm or timing, and. Um, you know, throwing that football, you're not really thinking about your baseball mechanics, right? you're just throwing. And, um, and it's just kind of fun to go out with your friends and brothers and do that. So um, that's actually been a, a little um, wrinkle in my offseason, but it's been, it's been fun. You know, guys
1: make this a 12-month-a-year sport, but at some point you've got to listen to your body and make a decision on cutting back on certain things and picking it up later. Have you been able to find that pace for your own body yet?
10: Yeah, I think so. I I usually come home and for a month we'll just do nothing—not nothing—but I'm not going to pick up a baseball. I'm not going to pick up a bat, um, and I, I just totally separate myself from the game. You just need to recharge. And, you know, about when that month's over, you start getting the itch again to get back in the cage and watch some video of what happened last year take a look at your swings, you see, see things you kind of want to do better, and um, you start feeling that fire to, to, to get better, and uh, I've been, I feel, I feel real good about the pace I've gone, like you're talking, um, just kind of easing into it, but now it's starting to really uh, get ramped up, and, and um, I'm feeling really good about uh, where I'm at. All right, so
1: we've gone to weddings. We've considered getting married. You've fished. Uh, what else do you do in the off-season? <laughs> Notice how I roll that <laughs> Yeah, so sly. <laughs>
10: um, Gosh, what else? It, I mean, it's just a lot of family time, yeah. really. I mean, you're an um,
1: NBA guy. You go to college basketball games. I uh, went to a
10: couple of Warrior games. Obviously, okay. they're the best now. so Yeah, well, <laughs> you won't get an argument except for people from Cleveland on yeah, that. Yeah, that. that's true. Um, so that was fun. Sharks games are fun to go to. Um, but like I said, it's a lot of family time. My, my uh, middle brother's home, kind of job searching. He had this uh, project he was working on um, that he did a Kickstarter campaign that was cool. And then my middle brother's at St. Mary's College, which is local, so I got to see him over the – over the holiday break, a lot so uh, just soak up all that family time because it's uh, few and far between during the season. Yeah, because it's here. And, and for
1: you, when you took it, when the last out was made, what did you say about that season and how much you were looking forward to getting back on the
10: field for this year? What, what was the one thing you
1: said, man? I'm going to be better at
10: blank. For me, it was, um, and I, I didn't know that right at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but it, it just kind of hearing what direction the Cardinals were trying to go. You know, I just felt like I needed to be more athletic. And, and you are an a good athlete. I mean, you just didn't maybe excel in certain
1: areas. I-, I-, I watched you when you were in the minors, and I'm saying, yeah, this guy can, he can do
10: some things. Yeah, and uh, so I just wanted to improve. You know, I-, I went into last spring training with the goal of stealing a bunch of bases. and Pretty much every time I got on, I'd, I'd steal just to work on technique and, and timing and whatnot. Um, got into the season, tried to take that same approach, got thrown out a few times, and those Uh-oh. green lights turned to red lights real quick. So <laughs> or amber. That got shut down. But uh, yeah, I, I, that's still a goal of mine. I, I want to get better, I think. Uh, Did you work with somebody on base stealing? Talk I, to I'm, anybody? I'm honestly just working on pure athleticism right uh-huh. now. I think when we get to spring training, we get those uh, Hall of Famers, you know, Ozzie Smith and, and the Willie McGees, you know, they come and teach base running and and how to steal bases properly. That's when more of the technique comes in. Right now, it's just building that pure athleticism um, to give you that, give you the tools to um, then use that technique to do really well with it. So uh, um, that's kind of how I'm approaching it.
1: Steve Buscati is with us. Uh, as I said,
10: we're getting pretty close to this
1: thing. Do you start to look forward to it more, or you just say, I'm about to go back to work?
10: <laughs> no, I, like I was saying, after that month, you get the itch, yeah. and so.
1: So you pace yourself at a pretty good level where you don't burn out before you get there.
10: Right. No, I, you just got to kind of keep working, um, ramp it up a little bit more each week. And, you know, going into spring training, I'll, I'll probably hit three or four times a week and, and work out three or four times a week and um, then get to spring training and really get settled and, and get working. I watch
1: guys who, who hit in the cage in the off season, and I sometimes wonder, dude, why, you know, if, if there's not a purpose – why are you picking up bad habits? Do you kind of make sure you measure yourself where I'm not going to just be
10: in here just swinging because they think it's a good idea? Do you have that purpose? I always have an intent when I'm in the cage. Mm-hmm. And I've been in, in very close contact with with Coach Mabry, um, working on some very small but very important um, tweaks that I want to make. And uh, it's it's gone extremely well. And, and I have a very um, – I feel disciplined and um, you know specific goal that I'm working towards, and so every time I pick up the bat, I'm working towards that goal. And um, I think it's going to add a little bit more consistency to to my swing and to uh, to my game. And um, I think it has potential to uh, to really open up some some things in this game for me. So I'm really excited about what I've done and where I'm going with it. Cardinal athlete. Stephen
4: Piscotty, it's nice to see you, sir. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks down in Florida. Sounds great. We'll see you then. All right, thanks, guys. Catch a game in Hall of Fame style and the new Red Jacket Club. This new all-inclusive area is designed to commemorate the Cardinals' iconic Hall of Famers and features an upscale buffet and full-service bar. Tickets start at just seventy-five bucks and are on sale now at cardinals.com/slash-red-jacket-club. Marco Gonzalez joins us when we return on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren and the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Wrap it up, hour number one of the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. Back to Mike Claymore in just a moment. Before we hear from Marco Gonzalez, let's give away a calendar. An official Cardinals 2017 calendar celebrates the franchise's 125th anniversary and is on sale now throughout St. Louis. And by calling three four five nine thousand, you can win one. Caller three right now at three one four. Nine six nine eleven twenty. Mike Claiborne with the Cardinals lefty looking to bounce back after Tommy John surgery. Tell me how that whole off
1: season was for you because when once you learned about having to have Tommy John.
11: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it really started in April when I found out I was gonna have it, so uh, from there I kind of just had a different setup over year you know you kind of you're in one spot doing the rehab and and uh, just trying to keep your mind busy trying to keep that competitive edge you know at bay and um, and really just kind of focusing on on getting healthy making sure my body's right and um, you know taking control of everything from from diet to you know, uh, mobility and everything. So um, it's been it's been a heck of a year. But you know, I've learned a lot and, and made some good progress.
1: A lot of sitting around, a lot of learning about yourself. Uh, what's the one thing you came away with from this uh, rehab process?
11: Uh, patience. You know, patience is a big lesson that I've learned this year. And um, you know, I've just learned that um, you know my work ethic uh, can can go through the ups and downs of, of the mental game. And uh, but I've learned to kind of keep that constant, keep that consistent. So. Uh, it's given me a lot of tools going into this next year, and hopefully to to kind of propel through my career and uh I'm excited for for what's up next.
1: Speaking of tools, what pitch did you work on, or are you going to try and add something to the repertoire?
11: You know I don't know about that yet um maybe I'll wait until I get off the mound uh should be getting off the mound in spring training, so uh we'll see at that point, but up until this point it's it's just been about getting the arm loose and uh getting the action back.
1: All right, let's get to some serious business, Gonzaga basketball. They're on a little bit of a roll right now. There
11: we go, yeah. Um, man, my Zags beat St. Mary's last night, huge, huge rivalry. So actually me and uh, Patrick Wisdom, who's a Gale, we watched it last night together, and it uh, didn't go so well for him. But
1: uh, Was there a wager involved here? No, 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 no.
11: Um, yeah, not not like last year I made him wear a T-shirt, but, uh, but you know, the Zags, man, they do it every year. Like we were just talking about, we don't know how they do it, but they get it done, and I'm excited for them. It's, it's just awesome the school, the community deserves it. You know, they're a great place. So,
1: You know, it's amazing because they are a program that doesn't go out and get all these blue-chip players. Very few guys leave early, but they always find themselves nationally ranked.
11: Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, Williams Goss, last night after the game, he said, you know, they they don't have one key piece. They have a whole team that's that works together. They don't care who shines. They kind of just, you know, bounce night after night. They, You know, one guy steps up after another. So I, I love that about them. That's how the baseball program was there, too.
1: For the winter warm-up, obviously this one didn't go off the way everyone hoped for it, too. You've been coming to a few of them now. What's that mean to you?
11: Yeah, it's great. Um, I was really looking forward to it, honestly. Uh, I was really disappointed when the caravan, my caravan got canceled. But, um, you know, for the safety of of the fans and and the bus and everything like that, I knew it was necessary. But, you know, I I think we're all excited to be here. Uh, We all know that once this time of year comes around, we all get a little more excited for baseball season. So it's great to be around uh, my teammates, the coaches, you guys. Um, It's just great to see us all kind of turn the page on the next year. So
1: well, I'm excited to see you in spring training. Glad to have you back. Good to see
11: you again. Good right, to be here. Good to see you, too. Thanks. Hour number two coming up next. We'll hear from
4: Aledemis Diaz, Bob Gibson, Tim McCarver from the Baseball Writers' Dinner. All that and more as we continue. Chris Rambi and Mike Claiborne on the Cardinals on Stove League show presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. A
7: swing and a long drive.
1: Left center field. Way back to the track. To the ball. Grand.
2: The Cardinals Hot Stove League Show is presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Got it. A complete game 5-0
3: shutout for Adam Waver.
2: Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
4: Hour number two of the Cardinals on Stove League show presented by Amer and Chris Raby alongside Mike Claiborne and the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. And, Claibs, we've been having a blast uh, hearing all of the interviews so far from winter warm-up. Going to hear from a couple other folks right now as we get the second hour started. And let's go right to the source, Cardinals chairman, Bill DeWitt Jr., what he's excited for this year.
7: I just look forward to... Seeing the club that's been put together because I think it's, you know, it's interesting how clubs change from year to year. Two years ago, we had a pitching dominated club that won 100 games, and that's hard to repeat that, that kind of performance. And we went out and got offense. So we paid a little bit of a price for that. This year, I think you'll see a little different club that, and it's been written and talked about.
4: What kind of club will it be for the Cardinals in 2017? Mike Claiborne. That's a question that I don't have
1: an answer to yet. And I'll tell you, uh, it seems like we're going to be loaded with a lot of pitching or at least a lot of pitchers with big league experience. Uh, the offense, I still think, is kind of a question mark. Uh, when you have Dexter Fowler leading off, he's going to do certain things for you. But you've got to have people move them in. And one of the problems I thought this team struggled with last year is the inability to advance runners in key situations I know they want to be more athletic. I'm not sure where aside from Fowler where the athleticism is going to come from. I mean, there's some young guys who I think had the green light or didn't get the green light enough, and I think they had a lot to do with just the basic fundamentals of stealing bases and, and running the bases. So, I'm I'm still a person where I would say the jury is still out on what kind of team we're going to have, but there is one thing you can count on, there's a little a, a lot of experience with the players that are on this roster.
4: Yeah, and one guy, even though he's young, he's experienced, and he could provide some of that athleticism that we mentioned. It's Colton Wong.
8: I'm not going to go into this season expecting to be the second baseman. Uh, Last year, you know, I kind of came in with that mindset, and it kind of backfired. So I want to come in this year, you know, ready to play, ready to earn my spot and uh, earn my way on this team.
4: Claves, we know what the organization thinks of Colton Wong. We also know the kind of player he can be. Obviously, a rough year last year, but if given regular playing time, you mentioned it, I'm bullish uh, not just on his offense, but what he could bring via his speed and also defensively at second base. Well, let's let's face it.
1: He's a good player, Chris, but he had a bucket of water thrown in, him in his face last year. Um, when he came in as the incumbent, he signs the contract, and things just didn't go well and I think he had to learn a lot about himself being sent to the minors, learning a different position. There are a lot of things that unfolded for him last year, and maybe it created a, a method of maybe him being more humble about what's at stake here. So I expect him to be a very big breakout year for him because of the fact we already knew he could play. So that that's not an issue. It's the fact of him putting it all together. Now, now he's got three full years under his belt. I'm looking for big things out of him.
4: Yeah, I am too, and I think another guy you're looking for big things from is Randall Gritchick. When he came up last year and started to get regular playing time, played really, really well down the stretch. In the second half, he slugged 536 with
5: 14 home runs and did it while he said he was dealing with a knee. You know, I had a small minor procedure done on my knee earlier in the offseason, so um, <laughs> kind of pushed things back a little bit, but uh, I feel good. I feel uh, you know ready to go now. Honestly, I don't remember when it first started hurting. I remember getting um, treatment done early early May, end of April. Um, started getting treatment and pretty much throughout the year. Felt like there's uh, clicking, soreness, tightness, um, just kind of pain throughout the year. So uh, it was good to get that looked at at the end of the year and got it cleared up and got a little scope done. It, it, it definitely bothered me throughout the year. Uh, I think it kind of affected me here and there, but uh, it is what it is.
4: Yeah, Klaibs, we saw Gritchuk go down a couple of times to AAA. Played well down the stretch. And, again, the addition of Dexter Fowler, that should do wonders for the Cardinals' defense with Gritchuk moving over to the left field and then playing next to a veteran like Dexter who will be patrolling center field.
1: Well, I think it's going to be a plus for him in all categories. But one of the other things, Chris, that I felt was really important here, you know, Randall Gritchick had come with injuries, Uh, most of his Cardinal career until last season, where he didn't miss an extended time because of injury. Now we learn that he had one, he played through it, it cost him a couple of trips to the minors as well. But I think it just kind of shows the maturity and the growth in in him. And as you mentioned, being in in left field, where he might be the best left fielder in the National League when you look at it as far as his his athletic ability and his ability to cover ground. So uh, something I think we'll all appreciate.
4: Yeah, Randall Gritchick will be in left, Stephen Piscotty will be in right, and Dexter Fowler up the middle in center. It all starts with Yadier Molina. We heard the I-word injuries. The Cardinals kept Yadi healthy last year, although injuries to Brian Pena kept him behind the plate almost every day. Mike Matheny on if Yadi should have a lighter workload.
5: My job description is to win games. and If i got a player that I feel is going to help us win games and that I feel is able to answer the bell, he's going to be in the lineup. I'll continue to get beat up about this, um, but until my job description changes and it's not about winning games, uh, at that point maybe we'll have a different conversation. But the conversation stays the same. We're going to put the best team out there each particular day, not trying to hurt anybody, uh, but also not drawing reservations because of some, maybe some information that's out there that says that we should back off. I don't buy it. and I think if people have enjoyed the last several seasons of watching one of the best catchers in the game, I think if people enjoy watching this team continue to compete and uh, be one of the, the contenders in the National League, um, we have to realize the importance of, of what Yachty does back there. And you can't have it both ways.
4: Well, it's manager Mike Matheny and his catcher, Yadier Molina, who, again, played so much last year. You know, they expect that this year. And, Clave's the thing that's just starting to be talked about, I know, is written after the weekend. After this 2017 season, it's a mutual option in 2018. So the Cardinals and the player could be at a crossroads after this year. Yeah, they could be.
1: Um, I want to go back to what Mike Matheny said. I couldn't agree with him more, uh, which I found a little different from mike because he likes to get his players rest and, and i've been one of the proponents that always ask the question with as much conditioning and as much work as these players put in uh the emphasis on rest seems to be greater now than it's ever been uh, and you have guys that just want to play and i'm not sure if rest is always the best solution so I think Mike knows Yadier Molina well enough to know he can probably handle some things better than others because I think Yadier is one of the last of the old-school guys who just shows up and says, hey, I'll let you know when I'm ready to sit down because I think he's honest with himself. Now, what do you do in 18? Well, I think it's I think it's obvious that you have to bring him back. I mean, he, he's he been an institution. Now, the difference is you have some players that have been here for a while or been with organizations for a while, but – it's a situation where maybe the skill set has diminished. I don't think Yachty has diminished. And, and I've said this to you before, Chris. If you, I think that there's got to be a way that Yachty or Molina can play first base and Carson Kelly can catch. And maybe those some days that Chris, um, Matt Carpenter either takes a day off or he plays third base or second base, whatever the situation may call for, because Yachty or Molina right now would be your best defensive first baseman or best defensive player on the infield.
4: Yadier Molina, obviously a huge part of the pitching staff as well. Adam Wainwright on the potential of their rotation.
12: I don't think that you saw me or Mike Leak at our best last year. We're both going to be better this year. I don't think you've seen Carlos Martinez at his best. He's going to be better this year. Alex Reyes is a, is a is a phenom. He's going to help and you certainly haven't seen michael walk at his best and lance lynn's back in the mix and lance lynn is a is a is a top-notch competitor so you know if you look two years ago 2015 that's that's more of a representation of the, of the talent that this rotation has
4: obviously the rotation has dealt with some injuries over the last few seasons mike and you just heard it right there the potential at least on paper i think is pretty exciting headed into this season
1: well i agree with you and i agree with Adam who's obviously one of the most positive people and and a great teammate with regard to understanding the big picture, Uh, I think that we're going to see some really good competition. Here's a question for you, though. In spring training, I thought last year guys didn't get enough work to be ready for the season. This year, how much work do you give all of these guys who all feel like they have something to prove?
4: Yeah, especially uh, with a couple of guys heading to the World Baseball Classic. That will be a hot topic as we move forward. Catch a game in Hall of Fame style in the new Red Jacket Club. This new all-inclusive area is designed to commemorate the Cardinals' iconic Hall of Famers and features an upscale buffet and full-service bar. Tickets start at just 75 bucks and are on sale now at slash. Red Jacket Club. Mike Claiborne, one guy that everyone is excited about heading into this year is shortstop Aledemis Diaz. You will visit with him next when we come back on the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Ameren. Ben Boyd's our executive producer. Cardinals shortstop is on the program next right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network going to head back to winter warm-up in a moment on the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by and Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you. Don't forget to make your plans to head south this winter for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. Let's hand it back over to Mike Claiborne, who's with Aledemis Diaz.
1: Man, so much has happened to you since last year at this time. How are you?
13: You? Oh, I'm, I'm very, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. I'm good, you know. It's uh, a lot of things happened, like you say, last year. So, you yeah, I'm a happy.
1: kid, you baited it, made in the big leagues. You hit 300. You had so much going on. Have you had a chance to take a deep breath and just say, wow, you know, a lot of things happened this year.
13: Uh, no, yet, no yet. Like you say, I have our baby boy, so. He don't give me uh, too much break, you know. <laughs> but yeah, for sure, I accomplished a lot of things last year, and I'm excited, I'm to go to the spring training and work hard again.
1: What have you been doing in the off season other than chasing your little
13: one around? Uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, just working out, you know, like three years ago you know, when I and signed with the Cardinals, I, I, I get a, I know a trainer, you know, in Boca, Atlanta, so you know, just working, you know, working in the offseason, getting my my body strong and, and ready for the spring training.
1: You know, and for you, you had some injuries and you really had to build your body up again once you came over. Um... How much of a grind was it for you last year? Because you played a lot of baseball for a guy who wasn't used to playing that much.
13: Yeah, for sure. It was a tough year, you know. And uh, when I broke my tongue in, uh, in the Marlins, you know, against the Marlins, it was tough when I came back. My forearm, you know, you say it was weak, you know, but... At that point of the season, you have to push, you know, because we we go to fighting for the playoff spot. So yeah, for sure, it was a tough uh, end of the year, you know. But uh, right now, I feel healthy 100 percent and ready to go to the spring training.
1: What What's the one thing you remember? Is it that first big league hit, that first big league home run, or or the the home run you hit in honor of your
13: good friend? Yeah, for sure, that was a special moment for me, you know, like came back, you know, for that reunion with his family, you know, and we did that and Grand Slam. That was, that was a great moment for me and my sister, you know.
1: All right, so you told me you're chasing your little one around. <clears throat> as far as getting your body in shape, do you change? did you change your routine at all? because sometimes guys want to be stronger some guys want to be a little faster what were you
13: trying to do in the off season? I tried to do you know like the same last year you know because I got a, you know like I feel healthy for the whole season you know so I got a, a good and strong body when I get to the spring training last year so why change that you know so Don't year, mess with it if it works, yeah, right? Yeah, so I just keep doing the same, you know. I'm, I'm a, a routine guy, you know, like work every day, do the same, you know, and just uh, my body know how worked, working on the last few years so for
1: you um defensively I know you fought it a little bit early. I thought you were trying to rush the game a little bit and you were a little too fast for it. You didn't let it come to you and then it seems like you settle in and you start to play at a much more comfortable level.
13: Was is that something you were able to pick up on and try and grow from? Yeah for sure, for sure. Like you say it's just tough when you get to the big league you know, the first yeah, time. everything's a of, happening. A lot yeah. of things are going on in your mind, you know, and uh, you fight for that uh, spot and right uh, like now we don't so as soon as I get, I think, like, uh, you know, I'll be an everyday player. I think I just start, like, slowing the game down, you know. And that's, I think that was what happened last year, you know. I, I make a, a few errors and, in the beginning, and then I just set up. And just uh, and trusting yourself, you know, and, and, and trusting the process. And I think I had to, you know, be grateful with my teammates, you know, with my coaching staff. You know, I, I work out a lot with Mueller, with David, and that helped me a lot. You seen Cheo at all? Uh, not yet, not yet. I, think, I know he's probably waiting for yeah, you. Some, yeah, because yeah.
1: Jose El somewhere with a fungo bat in his head. Yeah. He's
13: waiting on you somewhere. Yeah, for sure. I want to go, uh, I think we're going to go next month early, you know, like two weeks early to the spring training. And and hopefully, you know, I like, uh, start taking on board with him. I think he's a, he's a great coach, you know. I've learned from him a lot of things the last couple of years, so I'm excited to go there and work with him.
1: Well, I'm excited to watch you this year start to finish the Leibniz Diaz. It was so much fun to watch you, and let's just have more fun in 2000. Mm-hmm. Folks, Cardinals are playing in LA, and has had a three error night. I know you remember that, now. And most players would hunt, run to the showers or run to the trainer's room. You stood there at your locker, head up. And you made eye contact. You were such a professional that night in dealing with one of the toughest nights of your short big league career. There were a lot of people who walked away just shaking their head and how much respect they gained for you and how you conducted yourself. And I just wanted to share that with you. you. just said so much about you being a pro. And I think that's why so many people root for you.
13: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think you have to respect the media, you know. so no, no, heard... I'll let you know which one. No, no, but that's true. That's true. I <laughs> think, uh, you know, like every time you make errors and uh, you have uh, good games, you know, I I think that's part of the game, you know, yeah. you have to be there and uh, you know, face the face the media every day. Yeah. Well
1: here's the deal. We got that 3 era game out of our system, so we won't have to worry about that one anymore. <laughs>
4: well,
13: sure, I'm working that, you know. There you go.
4: All right, thanks, guys. The 2017 Cardinals calendar celebrates the franchise's 125th anniversary and is on sale now throughout the St. Louis metro area, including Bush Stadium, Cardinals Clubhouse Mall Stores, QT, and area grocery stores. You can also call 345-9000. When we come back, a trip to the baseball writers' dinner. You won't want to miss this. That's next on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren of the St. Louis cardinals radio network catch a game in hall of fame style in the new red jacket club this new all-inclusive area is designed to commemorate the cardinals iconic hall of famers and features an upscale buffet and full service bar tickets start at just 75 bucks and are on sale now at cardinals.com slash red jacket club we're back on the cardinals hot stove league show presented by amarin couple of hall of famers themselves bob gibson and tim McCarver, a current cardinals great and also, a favorite Ricky Horton, all on stage together at the Baseball Writers' Dinner at Union Station Hotel in downtown St. Louis.
7: This year, uh, Adam Wainwright, Yachty, or Molina break the record for most games with a battery, the pitcher and the catcher together, which says a lot about longevity, uh, Adam, uh, for uh, you and Yadi, uh, But you know about the longevity here. So, uh, my first, I want to know were you aware of this record as it was. Uh, Coming to pass in the middle of June, was that something that you and Yachty both knew about?
12: Honestly, no. I, I knew uh, the only kind of tandem that I was chasing was Cole Hamels and Carlos Ruiz. I know that they were out there and they had more starts than Yachty and I. And I just didn't want anybody else out there that had more than Yachty and I was. So when Cole Hamels was traded, you know, I, was, I had my pom poms <laughs> out. Um, uh, because I, I, I honestly I didn't think that it was possible. You know, most of the records that Mr. Gibson has said, especially, are un, unreachable. You know, it's and it's perfe- perfectly fine. I mean, it's a great job. You did a great
0: job.
14: Uh, <laughs> it was amazing. If if I were his size, I'd walk in the home plate and just slap somebody <laughs> for no reason. Just because I could. <laughs> you probably well, okay. did that a few times. Now I think about it. In
2: his hand.
14: Well, they thought I was going to do it, but I I would never have done that. I'd wait until we could get after the ball game. I can catch him in the alley. That's what <laughs> I would. I'll
12: tell you. I'll tell you one, one thing that is really amazing about Mr. McCarver is that, you know, the the uh, the list that I my brother showed me the list the other day of the of the top battery mates of all time, and and you know I'm gonna. I'm just going to – this is going to – I'll be bragging, right? Um, we passed Whitey Ford and Yogi Berra this year, and that is pretty awesome. Big deal. Um, but about Mr. McCarver, he's on the list like two – I mean, you know, he is like number three or four all the time with uh, Steve Carlton. And that's kind of – when I look up at that, I just go, wow, what a, what a great career he had to be on that list to have had – I feel like we just barely passed them and that's like my whole career and he's done that plus another whole one of my careers plus some.
2: So it's pretty awesome. I'll tell you Adam, I have a story about that.
7: (laughs) What would you say, Bob? Imagine that.
2: that. This includes Bob. Uh, Steve Carlton was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1994 and the night before the induction uh, Steve was honored along with Richie Ashburn. They were the two that were uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame. And I didn't want to say anything. Uh, uh, I was asked if I wanted to say something. I said, "This is Steve's night. I don't want to say anything." So after Steve spoke, he would... <laughs> see, I told you it was about Bob. <laughs> After Steve spoke, he looked at me and he said, you sure you don't want to say anything? And that, that was unusual for a lefty. And I said, okay. So here's what I said. If, uh, if Carl, um, Hubble, Carl Hubble goes down in the history of the game as having the best screwball and Sandy Koufax with the best curveball and arguably Nolan Ryan with the best fastball, that Steve Carlton will go down in in the history of the game as having the best slider in the game's history. So we hugged and everything. I've got a picture of it at home. It's one of my prized possessions. And as we're hugging, lefty is six five, so I'm six feet tall. I'm five eleven or so. So I'm. I'm I'm trying to get up, and uh, th- over his uh, right shoulder, I see this hulking figure swimming through the crowd, <laughs> and it's Bob, <laughs> and he gets this far from my face, and he says, the best left-handed slider <laughs> in the history of a game. and he stalked away true story it is he he, he like snuck away and like stealth fashion
14: i'll tell you what what the key is uh, between a a catcher and a pitcher and you, you need to be on the same wavelength at all times And when you see a pitcher out shaking his head no, and the catcher giving him signs and going through a whole bunch of things, and and they're not on the same track, it makes it very difficult to pitch. And the one thing that Tim could do after an inning, you usually take about an inning or so because you don't really know what the pitcher has until after an inning or so. You know, a guy could come in throwing 98 miles an hour, but he still doesn't know what he's doing until after a while. But what Tim and I did so well is I knew what he was going to call the next pitch, depending on how the guy reacted to the pitch I threw the time before. And even to the point as uh, one time I had a man on third base, and I knew Tim so well, Tim went down through a bunch of signs, and I started winding it up because I knew where he was going. And he kept going.
2: And I stopped. It was his only balk. It was Bob's only balk. I stopped. With I balked it right in from third. And I went, It happens. <laughs> 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 and,
14: and they're pressed. They're pressed. Huh. What happened? After that, I'm car just screwed everything up. <laughs> Yeah. Blaming so, on somebody else.
7: So, Adam, can you relate to what Bob's saying between you and Yachty, that, that connectedness?
12: One time, Tony Cruz was catching me, and uh, he came to me before the game, and he goes, all right, I need to know, like, you know, some some checkpoints or whatever. I, like, for the middle of the game, if we're going to – I don't want you shaking a lot, and you're kind of shaking a lot. And he goes, and I don't know how to do that ESPN. Thing that you and Yadier do Where like He doesn't even put down a sign And you know what to throw And you just throw it And a lot of times Truthfully um, Yadier, Yadier and I never stop With eye contact mm. And so if we see the hitter Not paying attention we'll, we'll make suggestions Or talk about We have full conversations Without saying a word <laughs> While the hitter's not talking And the hitter comes back And we're like <laughs> Whatever But um, We have We have full dialogue Without the hitter paying attention a lot. If you're a hitter out there, I'm not, I'm, this is, I'm just making this up, I just, just isn't true. (laughs) Uh, But I said, I said, Tony, never, never lose eye contact with me. And so, uh, Tony was a great, he was a great defensive catcher. And so I, like I made some signs, you know, and so he's watching my eyes, but I'm doing something with my hand. And Yadier, watches me, but I'll, I'll do some with my hand, or he'll do some with his hand, or he'll hold a, a, a finger down on his knee or something, and we, so, I mean, probably happens 20 times a game where he doesn't put a finger down, and uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm kind of getting at is that it's just so, and what exactly what you're saying is like, you know, it, I don't do a lot of shaking with Yadier, but we we, we have discussions slash arguments without even saying a word sometimes.
7: <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> Sounds like you guys are married, kind of. I mean,
14: what what Tim would do, and he would pretty much, you know, I only had three pitches. I had had a fastball that went this way. I had three. You,
2: know. <laughs> you had a curb.
14: I had a fastball that went this way, a fastball that went that way, well, and a that's, slider. Well, that's true. That's but three those, pitches. That one
2: pit, no. Are we no, going to no, argue no. about this? <laughs> no. About Talk a about a married ball. couple. Curbball, Bob, 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 uh, particularly left-handed hitters, would see a curveball coming, and Bob kept wanting to throw that curveball. said, yeah. Bob, you could see you trying to get on top of the ball. The one thing mm-hmm. that would I'll give you credit for the third pitch was the outside slider to left-handed hitters, yeah. which was really novel in those days. Yeah, can I great. say what I was going to say? Yes. <laughs> what what we tough. did so
14: well, because I only had a couple of pitches, Tim would start with the signs. He would give me the signs, and I'm watching him. And he could tell, when Adam was talking about watching his. he could tell with my facial expression whether I wanted to throw and that here, pitch or not. Here, facial
2: expression would be this. And so he'd go through the signs. It would be. Honest, that, that was Bob Gibson shaking mm-hmm. off the pitch. And... And, and believe me, you talk about trying to get used to something, like Bob is saying, you're an idiot. <laughs> How can you call that pitch? I, what I was saying
14: <laughs> was that Tim would go through the signs, and I would go. <laughs> that was it. And then he would go on somewhere else. He didn't have too far to go. There was only a couple of <laughs> I'd kind of cock my head a little bit, and he'd just keep on going, going until he got to the right pitch. And, and then he would give me inside, and I'd go. And he'd go outside. And I'd start winding up. Isn't it wonderful to listen to these guys
7: uh, talk about pitching? And yeah, we have- it's weird. Adam Adam
12: has the final word i don't want to, I'm going to give you back the mic for a final word But I just wanted to say Touching on what uh, Mr. Sir Mike Matheny said earlier Is that, you know In 2009 spring training I remember sitting on the, on the bench in spring training And Mr. Gibson came in And he sat right next to me Actually, I sat right next to him And uh, he was talking about pitching and I remember asking him, like, talk to me about your intensity when you were pitching because I look at the, the camera on the, on these clips and I can see that you're, like, you're, you're mean out there and I want that. And I was kind of being mentored by Chris Carpenter, who was pretty mean himself, and uh, he told me about the tenacity that it took to throw every pitch and that, you know, when he got done pitching, he was so tired and he was bleeding and all kinds of crazy stuff and that, you know, when he didn't... He didn't eat before he pitched because he wanted to be hungry out there for the win and all this stuff. And I just I took I took notes on that and I was like, this guy is intense. It's awesome. I love that. And I can tell you, it made a profound uh, difference in my game because I knew I needed to step it up. And so, like uh, when when Mike says that, you know, we we love having these guys around. We really do. And 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 last year, Mr. McCarver wrote a handwritten note to me. And, uh, it was really special and he just talked about, you know, he admired me for being a competitor and whatnot. And I have that framed in my office right now because I just, I love the Cardinal history. I love what these guys have done, but I respect them so much more as people and as, as players and, and as mentors to us. It's amazing. What,
7: a, what a great testimony that is uh, to the Cardinal greats. And here's, here's hoping, here's hoping that 50 years from now, uh, we are celebrating in this same spot a World Series championship uh, for the Cardinals. And we've got Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina uh, sitting up here. And whoever uh, breaks their record uh, 50 years from now uh, engaged in a similar conversation. We're very lucky uh, to be connected to Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, Tim McCarver, and Bob Gibson. Thank you, guys.
4: Subscribe to Cardinals magazine and receive two free tickets to a Monday through Thursday home game in 2017. Order now 3459000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. We'll talk theme tickets next on the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Ameren right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Ameren. Chris Raby alongside Mike Claiborne, and Ben Boyd is our executive producer. Well, let's head over to Bush Stadium to talk theme tickets, and it's a pleasure to welcome back to the program. Enjoy chatting with her every year, Megan Eberhard, manager of promotions and events with the Cardinals. Megan, how are you? I know we're all excited less than a month until pitchers and catchers report to Jupiter.
15: I know. Can you believe it?
4: Well, theme tickets on sale as folks can go on to cardinals.com slash theme and check out more than 30 theme ticket promotional dates during this upcoming season. How have you guys seen this grow, Megan, over the last few years? Because I know that not only are you year by year bringing back some of the fan favorites, but you're always incorporating new theme nights. And now here we are more than 30 of them.
15: Right. So every year we add some, like you said, we definitely bring back fan favorites like Star Wars Night and then our bands like Grateful Dead and Margaritaville. And as we brainstorm throughout the year, we definitely continue to add more.
4: Megan Eberhard, with us, talking theme tickets. All right, let's dive right into it again. You can go to cardinals.com slash theme. there will be some additional announcements throughout the season, but you can learn more about the dates and purchase tickets right now. Give us a couple of the fan favorites and a couple of the returnees, a couple of the veterans that we're going to see on the schedule this year, Megan.
15: Well, everybody loves Star Wars night, right? It's definitely our most popular one, um, and that is in July. And then we have our Budweiser bash. So every Tuesday night throughout the season, we bring an alumni, and this year we are are celebrating the 1987 team and the 1967 team. So members from both those eras are going to be at the ballpark signing autographs for fans um, that buy that special themed
4: ticket. It's awesome to see those guys, and I know so much excitement about that 67 team that was honored at the Baseball Writers' Dinner, the 87 team as well. You guys must get some really good response, not just from the fans, but from the players, the alumni that love coming back to Busch Stadium.
15: Oh, absolutely. We love having them here. It's like a whole new atmosphere whenever they walk in the door.
4: Obviously, Star Wars night you mentioned is huge. I know that some of the concert-themed nights, because of the loyal fan bases, have become really, really big as well. What can we expect in the music department this year?
15: Definitely back back by popular demand are Margaritaville Night, Grateful Dead, and then Beatles. Beatles was new last year.
4: I know those fans are uh, so crazy. They love following the bands and and love following the tribute bands right now. Uh, Were you guys surprised, especially when you launched Margaritaville last year, you launched Grateful Dead and and Beatles, just the immediate response and the amount of fans that, not just in St. Louis, but maybe traveled from all over the place to get to Bush Stadium?
15: Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of it has to do with that pregame event or pregame concert. They love to come down and enjoy a nice concert before the game.
4: Megan Eberhardt with us from the Cardinals talking about some of the theme nights that are coming up this year. Again, you can go to cardinals.com slash theme. Uh, Always enjoy some of the nights that you have for the kids and and the youngsters. And I know that you guys uh, are doing scout nights, multiple scout nights this year. You have a kid's day out. What kind of response do you get from groups who are able to come for the kid-themed evenings and maybe uh, bring uh, groups of young Cardinal fans?
15: Oh, yeah, we definitely love to see kids come through the ballpark. They are our fans, the next generation of our Cardinals fans, and so we love whenever we can cater to them. Kids Stay Out is actually on a day game, and we create a whole pregame activity with inflatables and face painters and all kinds of entertainment that they can enjoy before the game.
4: Cardinals.com slash theme. I know that uh, whether it's the Grateful Dead t-shirt, the Margaritaville t-shirt, um, whatever it is, the the Cardinals Blues hat, you need to get the theme ticket to get these items. So go to Cardinals.com slash theme. Again, Cardinals.com slash theme to get your ticket to make sure that you get the really, really cool promotional items that goes along with each game. Megan, give us maybe one new one this year that you're really looking forward to that you think people will have a blast with.
15: So this year is the 50th anniversary of your good man, Charlie Brown. And so we have partnered with Peanuts to create a unique Charlie Brown Cardinals bobblehead.
4: I like its it. uh, I'm guessing since it's baseball, it's not him missing the football, huh?
15: No, (laughs) not this time.
4: All right, cardinals.com slash theme. Again, that is where you can go to check out all of the great theme night tickets this year. And, again, um, you can... Get the theme uh, promotional item as well. you got to get the ticket, though. And you can see the full list of 2017 theme tickets at cardinals.com slash theme. And purchase the tickets as well, beginning right now. Megan Arbar, we appreciate it. We'll see you uh, at the ballpark and maybe catch a Grateful Dead or Jimmy Buffett or Beatles concert. Yeah, we'll see you there. Thank you to Megan. We'll take a break, come back, wrap up this edition of the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren next on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back. We are wrapping up this edition of the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. Chris Raby alongside Mike Claiborne this week. Don't forget about the 2017 Cardinals calendar. It celebrates the franchise's 125th anniversary and is on sale now throughout the St. Louis metro area, including Bush Stadium, Cardinals Clubhouse Mall Stores, and area grocery stores plus QT. You can also call three four five nine thousand or win one right now. Call or three at three one four nine six nine eleven twenty. Wins a twenty seventeen official Cardinals calendar. Thank you to everyone who joined us from winter warm up this past weekend and tonight on the program. What a fun fun couple of days that was in downtown St. Louis raising money for Cardinals care thank you also to Mike Shannon who joined us my co-host is Mike Clayborne. the executive producer of the program is Ben Boyd this is Chris Raby saying don't forget less than a month until pitchers and catchers report to Jupiter we'll talk to you next week until then hope you have a great week this has been another edition of the Cardinals hot stove league show presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network